Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, my sweet friends, I'm so excited to introduce to you today, Ms. Kathleen Dottie. She's been a dear friend of mine and just someone who has inspired me and really reminded me of what courage means in everyday life. Um, I am so thrilled to introduce um, her to you today as she talks about how we step into who we are, whether it's speaking up, um, speaking out about things that matter to us, starting a business, having courage pep talks, thriving um, from a life of courage, making sense of who you are and what you are capable of becoming. Kathleen truly shares her story. And honestly, with authenticity, um, her story of mental illness and overcoming and using that grit and determination to step into who she is and accept her recovery and all that comes along with um, what she is becoming and the grace and ease and beauty of which she does all of this. She's one of just truly the kindest um, people and the most dear and kind-hearted. So I'm so excited. I cannot wait for you to um, listen to Kathleen as I gush about her. I will stop. Um, you know, the, the the other things about Kathleen that you probably should know, right? Um, she got her undergraduate from the University of Kansas, where I met her, of course, and then went on to do political campaigns at all these exciting work, which you'll hear about in the interview. And um, then she went to Wharton Business School, met the love of her life, the darling um, and dear Matthias. And then, you know, along the way, she's um, had uh, bumps and 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 just really just lived her life in a way that inspires us all. The other interesting thing I like to talk about Kathleen, and that I think she should drop at every chance she gets because I probably would. Right? Is that her mother is the governor of Kansas, the Democratic female governor of Kansas, who inspires us all as well um, to just grow up as. Kathleen says that she has known Kathleen Sebelius and now her mother. And so really a life of politics and being a female Democratic governor in Kansas is possible. And she knows it's possible from role models. So how do we get out and live our lives as examples of what is possible? So enjoy and I'll see you after the interview. Thanks. So the first question and most pressing question is, what does courage mean to you, Kathleen? I don't know. I think courage comes in many forms, depending on the type of challenge you're facing. I think um, there are major traumas or major like sort of chronic challenges that people face that require like deeper, more consistent courage. And then there are daily um, opportunities to like defend someone who's getting bullied or say what you think in a situation where it might not be well received um, that also conveys courage. Um, so I think like the thing that comes to mind is um, sort of being authentic and honest as you go through life. Oh, that's so good. So tell me, what does 
authenticity and honesty look like for you in your life? And yeah, I guess that's my question. Yeah, I mean, I think authenticity is something that like you have to keep learning over the course of your life. I don't think you like are born or in high school or even as an adult. Like I think it's something that grows with age and you sort of start to understand like this is who I am, this is what I believe. And then eventually you get to a stage where you're very comfortable sort of articulating what you believe. Um, and I think the more graceful and sort of open you are with people about that instead of the antagonistic, that's helpful too, for having your authenticity well received. Right. But that is a learned, learned behavior, I think, sometimes. Yeah. I know. I might know from personal experience. I don't know. Okay. So can you tell me about a time in your life when you needed courage? What did it look like? What did it feel like? All, all the things. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So you'll like edit this, right? Absolutely. So I don't do it. And every okay. time you turn, by the way, you look like a beautiful ballerina dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's a good motivation. Um, okay. So I would say two times in my life that I've needed courage. One was founding a business. Uh, um, and yeah. there were a couple of ways that founding a business sort of like pull, like required courage. So um, I had been in politics before business school, didn't have a lot of business experience. So I had to learn all those skills. But that like... That's just like doing work, basically. Um, but the topic of my business was alcohol moderation. And that's like a very tough, touchy subject, especially in America. Oh. And I, I really felt, and I myself, like I love drinking, but I also like don't have a perfect relationship with alcohol. So it was like very tricky to sort of like come up with a mission for the business, start to bring together these behavioral science tools, and also like sort of tell my story, but not put myself out there in a way I was uncomfortable with. So that was a piece that required courage. Um, and then the second piece that required courage is that I had just gotten out of business school and um, I thought like, this business is gonna come together in 12 months. Like it's gonna be profitable and turn a profit in 12 months. So it's like zero interest credit cards is the way to finance this. Nice. Um, Businesses take longer than you expect to make any money. Um, and so I think that was like an incredibly difficult time because there's a lot of shame associated with like racking up debt, especially when you're sort of upper middle class. And so that was all like a very um, challenging experience. Um, and so like doing it while I was doing it, I was really hopeful and enthusiastic and like loved it. But then when it started coming unraveled and I started realizing I'm not going to have enough money to like make this happen. Um, I think recovering from that and like putting myself back on the job market and like telling my story in interviews, that was the most challenging part. That's beautiful. But though that What is the narrative that you tell and, and how, did, how do you make sense of that? Yeah, I mean, there's, you learn so much from an experience like that from like how to bring a founder on versus like when to quit your job. Because I think like there's a book by Adam Grant called Originals where he talks about a lot of successful founders work at their day job where they're making money the whole time and then 
sort of build their business at night or in the mornings. And there's like a tipping point where they jump. I didn't really know that. I just jumped right in. So there are those sorts of business lessons, but I think, um, one of the key lessons for me was like the importance of mindset when you're transitioning out of something like that. Like you tell your own story. Like I perceived that as this massive failure. Employers didn't really like they like were interested in like the story of it and what I learned. And like oftentimes now, like I worked at Uber after no one even asked me about that because they just want to know like about the drama at Uber. Um, so like, I think like that's important is sort of like putting your experience in context and just knowing like sort of facing it, but not, apologizing for it or letting it sort of cripple you. Right. That is, and putting, I think, I talk a lot and think a lot about perspective as it relates to courage or processing experiences and putting something into context of the larger picture of your life. It may seem devastating at the moment or fear-based in a way that you don't think you can tackle it. But in actuality, in the grand scheme of things, this is just another, another experience, another story. No, I think that's so true. And that's actually what I was looking up right before this call is I remember in option B, there were this notion of the three P's. Um, and like the way people get over thing or like a way to make a trauma or a challenge yes. worse is to personalize it. Like it's all my fault. Mm-hmm. And to say it's pervasive, like everything in my life is ruined because my business failed. And to say like, um, the final one is about time. It starts with a P, but yes. <laughs> persistent, uh, which is basically, or permanence. Mm-hmm. So it's basically saying like, my life is going to be like this forever. And I think the permanence thing in specific is really helpful to me when I face challenges. Like it's hard now, it's not going to be hard forever. That is, that is exactly, I think what we all need to hear day to day that this is not, I mean, and not to personalize hardship or, or fears or experiences that are not, are less than. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Well, not blow them out of proportion. Yeah. Even if they are, I mean, if you lose a parent, that's horrible. And that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. But the pain is not going to be so acute for 10 years from now or even two years from now. Absolutely. Okay. And you had two examples. Yes. So you always read about founders and mental illness um, and how like this, the toll that founding a business takes on your psychology. And that was certainly true for me. Um, So about 15 months into founding my company, I had a manic breakdown and was hospitalized for a week. And the doctors sort of said, we think you have manic depression or they don't say that anymore. It's bipolar, but like they weren't sure because you have to look at someone over the course of a year. And also I have a thyroid condition. So they thought maybe it's possible that if your thyroid gets out of whack, that presents as mania. And of course I was like, Oh, it's the thyroid issue. It's not bipolar. Um, So I got out, my mania came down into a pretty severe depression. That was horrifying. Um, I mean, it is I like that a lot. It wasn't like right. it wasn't horrifying it, from the outside, but, but it felt at the time 
it probably felt devastating and permanent and like depression. Well, and it coincided with my business not working Mm -hmm. because so much of like making a business work is sort of like unrealistic optimism. Like if I keep pushing forward, it's going to work. And if you get to the edge, like it does, but if you don't, if you stop short, then it's sort of all falls apart. So that coincided. So that was difficult. And then I um, came out of that with like the help of a lot of friends and getting back in in the workplace and those sorts of things. But then um, like two years later, I had another manic break and was hospitalized. And that time they were like, okay, you really are manic or bipolar. And so coming to terms with that, like it took me a long time to, not a long time. It took me like a week to take the drugs that they recommended. Exactly. Cause you, this is, but this is what we do in our brains and it's what society tells us. And how do we make sense of a, a life altering diagnosis, whether we make it right. life altering or not. Right. It is, it does, it does have impact and it does change us. Right. Well, plus like when you're manic, you're not in your right mind. So you're like certain that like, you know better and you're certain that like you're about to like invent something radical and world changing, which is a great feeling. I have to say, I understand why people want to hold on to it, Um, but it like people around you don't love it. (laughs) But we've talked about this like delicate dance before of like, like creative one needs that, that, energy and that drive and that like yeah well and that's I always I'm a big reader and I was reading about these people sort of like you know Virginia Woolf and Van Gogh and all these people who experienced hypomania at the very least and it's hypomania is a very convenient state for creatives to be in like you can work a lot you just want to write you have really interesting ideas but it's Mania is, I think the definition of mania is when it goes from like functional to dysfunctional. Absolutely. So, but, and to own that and to be comfortable and courageous in sharing your story takes a lot. And I'm so in awe, I'm so proud of you, friend. I'm just, but, but, as, as just, right? but not just as someone that I am inspired by, you are, you are called to share the story. And I just find that so empower, deeply empowering. Tell me what, what, what made you, or what gave you the courage to share? And (laughs) mania. Um, No, so I think like part of it is like, so my MO in the hospital, Matthias always jokes that I like take over the wing and I'm like, you know, I like make friends and I make a gang and whatever. Yes. My MO is like, I totally control the phone and I'm like on the phone all the time calling people being like, Hey, like, hey here's what I need from you. Like, here's what. so I think like I was in the hospital for three weeks and I was like, partially because of who I am, but partially because I was in a manic state, I was very like open. Like I was like, I want to talk to people on the phone about what's going on. I want people to visit me all the time. And I I had like two friends who were like eight months pregnant visit me. I mean, it was (laughs) my friend from like in finance and his little like Wall Street suit come visit me. It was ridiculous. But like, so I think part of like the reason I feel like very comfortable sharing the story is that 
I shared it with like 45 people before I even got out of the hospital. So that was like done. Um, and I think like the hard part for me was not family or friends because like, you know, everybody seems like either supportive or like familiar with like these situations. The hard part for me was definitely work because like I, mania had started presenting like much earlier at work than it had like in my personal life, like you can become more combative, like less, um, it's hard for you to like finish projects. Um, so you like start something, you know, have like a big dream about how amazing it's going to be and then not finish it, which your boss doesn't love. Um, so like that combination of being sort of like not myself at work. And then I took a three month sort of disability leave when this diagnosis happened to get back to my right mind. And then I went back like that going back to work was that was the part that took courage. Like telling my friends like about this crazy thing that happened to me was not right. as crazy. But it is, and being like, what, how do you, how do you walk into the space and do you tell people in your workplace and what does that look like? That, that really is, I think we need to be having more conversations about this. And I know part of your work now is to have real conversations about mental illness and the impact on everyday life and what that looks like for, for everyone, for not just the people who are, who are, you know, like, but for everybody in, in, in a workplace. Yeah. I mean, I think like that's this sort of huge opportunity because like, you know, part of going back was like going back to school after you've like had some trauma. Like my friend Anna, like was like, let's meet at my apartment and we'll walk to work together on your first day back. And that was like so crazy impactful, but like it, it was a difficult balance in like a corporate setting to be like, um, you know, I wasn't going to like keep it a secret from anyone who asked, but also like no one felt comfortable asking because you're not in like a social setting where you're like, cozying up it's like there's legal risks to asking there's you know yes. like are they discriminating those sorts of things so it was um honestly like no one said anything and we just sort of went on um but I mean there were some mistakes they made uh like giving me my performance review the day I got back oh, on the like very horrible performance of like my not right mind that I think what they could have been handled better but like other than that it was just sort of a quiet silence um and that was like the one place that I never really shared what was going on with people except my like very close friends just because there didn't seem to be a winning outcome right like if I like was doing well at work or doing less well at work like would it be attributed to this thing like it just the whole thing so that is, and you make choices based on the audience, based, based on the people, based yes. on them. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. the audience. I love that it, you, the stakeholders, yeah. the behavioral. Okay, so tell me, what are you facing now that requires courage? I think I can guess, but I'm going to let you. <laughs> So I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? Um, It's like a combination of all these things. Like I do think in life, like when we're going through things, it feels like this is disparate or this is a waste of time or like 
you know, I regret doing this, but then they all come together later. And that's definitely how I feel now um, in that I've sort of recently to kick off 2020, I've decided to launch a one year experiment where I don't drink um, with the exception of weddings or international vacations. I love that. <laughs> that was perfection and so Kathleen, yes. I was like, what's the point of going to Paris, honestly? <laughs> right. Um, so I shared that in a blog, um, with my network and I really think this is an opportunity to over the course of the year, share strategies that I use or insights that I have, um, on the blog and sort of rebuild the business that I was working on in a different form, but like take the learnings from that. Um, and I would love to weave in, you know, maybe in the same format, but um, separately or whatever, um, some of the insights about mental illness. I'm also working on a blog about bipolar and, uh, or not a blog, a book about bipolar um, and all those issues of like, how do you deal with this in the workplace? How do you deal with this in the public sphere? Um, you know, like when you look at Kanye or you look at people. So it's just, I think those are interesting topics. So we'll see. I, can't, I cannot wait to watch you. I'm so excited. Um, do you do you do you ever wish you had more courage? Like is that is it like uh, yeah? Is is there things that I like when I look at your life? I don't. I'm like she does. Every, you are the biggest badass I know, and always <laughs> have been. So like I don't ever see you needing more courage because it's it's just you know it's perspective right i see the outside and yeah i mean i think um you can always use more courage um but i also think like i historically have not necessarily been a courageous person like or have thought of myself as a courageous person like i was sort of reflecting on this earlier this morning i think in high school i really held back like, yes. uh, for example, I only applied to one college because I was afraid I would get rejected from other yes. colleges and like have to tell my boyfriend and my friends and whatever. And I could not handle like being rejected in front of people. Oh. And so I think that's sort of emblematic. And then when I came to college, that started to change. Like my roommate was like very courageous and she was like, I don't embarrass easily. I just, she just didn't care what anyone thought. And I really thought like, oh, like, I guess like being embarrassed or like caring what people think is like optional. Like you can choose not to, and it's a bit yeah. of a mindset. So that was helpful. But then also like my interest is in politics. And like, so you, I've been watching all these women like putting themselves out there and like, there's nothing more like in my old point of view, like, uh, difficult than being like, do you like me better than this guy? And oh. then publicly being voted down. Um, but like now I sort of just see like, we have this responsibility to like put ourselves out there and make our voices heard and represent people. And like, if it's not like the will of the voters, then like, that's not necessarily like, it can be your failure, but it's not necessarily your failure. A reflection on who you, the good of you or you like the, who you are as a person. Yeah. Yeah. I, think so I just think, 
Oh, sorry. Just to wrap that up. Like, I just think like, there's still like, I still think about running for office someday and it's still scary as hell. Like, I'm not like, Oh, that would be so easy. I'm such a good speaker. There's a lot of things like that. That's it. And you also come from a very courageous family. Yeah. Like very courageous. And so that, I don't know, like, was there always an expectation of, of greatness or of, of no, I think my mom had like, there's this idea of like being like a maximizer or a satisficer. And if you're a maximizer, you'll like keep turning the button on the radio to get to like potentially a better song. And if you're a satisficer, you're like, this Beatles song is okay. Like we'll listen to this. I'll listen to it. I think like when it came to her children, my mom, actually both of my parents were like satisficers. They were like, okay, like don't kill anyone, get a college degree. Let's go. (laughs) Let's <laughs> wrap this up. That is hysterical, and I love that. <laughs> God, that is perfection. It's all gravy now. They're like, well, hell spells. We've done this. We. This is, is because, and when you think about running for politics, like it is you. Tr- you truly do put yourself out there in a way that seems, especially now when we have become so polarized and when we have become so antagonistic, it, it, it seems as though it's a character. A, well, I mean, it absolutely is. Like, there's no chance that they're not going to dig into your entire background and to, like, potentially your family's entire background. Like, it's it could get really dirty. And I think that's, like, an interesting... We're at, like, an interesting inflection point because my mom is about to turn 70. She was elected governor when she was like 68. I know, right? She looks good. Um, But like, I think that generation, they're more like, let's keep family out. Let's keep sort of like family history and dirty laundry and whatever, like sort of like behind the scenes. Whereas like, I'm writing blog posts about like my alcohol use and like our generation's much more like transparent, like share things about ourselves. And I'm like, one of the fears that I have is like, how does that transparency like play? Because yes. we saw Katie Hill this year, like, you know, we, we've seen like the way technology like brings people down. But like, I all, my personal view is that like, privacy is like very difficult to protect now. And if we don't, we should just assume that it's all gonna be public. So we might as well like share it ourselves rather than like yeah. hope that it stays in the closet. And- right, exactly. Well, and I also think about, um, when your mom was elected governor and there was someone at the, her, her opponents, what was it? Someone at her opponents. Oh yeah. The violence thing. Yes. At the victory party when he, yes. he basically said like, let's, I don't know what he said, but something along the lines of like, I mean, it was a call to action so serious that, that her security looked into it. I mean, I think about that, that it takes courage to even to, to show up at public appearances to do all, because it's frightening. How do we, it's, I mean, yeah, it is frightening. I think we saw what happened to Gabby Giffords and it's just like, yeah. she was at a town hall or she wasn't even at a town hall. She was at like a meeting at like a grocery store. And it's just like, we want public servants to have access to people. But we also, like, she and her family and whoever else should not be giving up right to security. Exactly. Oh, it's, it's so shocking how 
courage looks different now than it did probably, I mean, even 15 years ago. Uh, because of the, our, our public life looks different now with the advent of social media. That's absolutely true. I mean, I think just the amount of vitriol, the amount of like public exposure, the amount of like, yeah, just divisiveness. It's pretty, it is scary. It is. But, but that won't prevent us, any of us, from sharing who we are and also standing up for causes that we believe in and, and, and running for office because right. our voices need to be heard. And that's the, that's the rub here is that we, we've got to find the courage if we use this cycle of courage, maybe. No. <laughs> if we use the cycle. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like, Gabby Giffords is back out there. My uh, like, she's, like, if we need the ultimate profiling oh, courage. That is it. It's not, well, it is old white men too, but it is, there are <laughs> yeah. examples. Yeah. I was going to say, like Mark Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> when you look up, like, quotes on courage, or it's like, come on, folks, we've got some newer, we've got newer voices to feature. And that's why I think why I want to write a book is that courage looks different now. And so how do we highlight that and inspire hope in others to, to bring their voices forward? Well, I think that's absolutely true. Like the way history has been written, like almost all the courage takes place on like the battlefield or like, you know, sort of like, here's the president. He signed this into law or he gave this great speech. And I think obviously we could use some courageous leadership from presidents, but like, I think like, you know, it's these private experiences. Like how are we raising children? How are we like reforming schools? So like guns aren't getting in them or probably reforming guns. So schools can operate as schools, but like, um, yeah. Well, and in your opinion, what is the opposite of courage? I think a lot about this. What would that be? Oh. That is interesting. Like, for some reason, I'm having trouble coming up with a word, but, like, I think the thing that pops to mind is, like, um, like, mistreatment of others out of fear so like bullying pops to mind um and like just sort of like lashing out and those sorts of those behaviors seem like the opposite i love that and what stops people from being courageous do you think oh my god so many things like there are a lot of good reasons not to be courageous <laughs> um i think like lack of self-confidence. Mm -hmm. I think lack of a support network. I think lack of like a community that, um, like when I say support network, I mean sort of like a personal support network. I think community is more of like a broader uh, group of people that, you know, th I mean, there are a number of ways in which you could be oppressed by your community. Yeah. Um, you know, finances, like I think, actually no, I think if you, lack finances and you have to be scrappy that often is right like a source of courage um so i don't there are a lot of reasons it's, it's like watching others go before you and getting like beaten down oh yes the, it, the gabby example like yeah. both an example or just like you like the hillary example like yeah. 
but of, of outstanding courage. And yet we're fearful. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you believe I'm just asking rapid fire? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your book is going to be so pardoned. I'm like, and Hillary, <laughs> right? Those are my, those, those are my go-tos, right? Yeah. Do you believe that courage can be learned or taught? Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely true in my own life. I think it's, life is really long. And I think like you, I mean, there, there's a lot of research also that shows this, that like your mindset matters and like the experiences you have will shape like outcomes and build on each other. Um, so yes, courage can definitely be learned. I, and that gives us hope, right? That, that, and I also think the opposite is true. Like courage can be stifled over time. Like that, also a learned experience. I mean, I like not to, I may tell you to cut this story later, but I do think like when I was a little girl, I was like very vocal and outspoken. And then like, there was a fair amount of like being teased in my class, like teased by my friends, but nonetheless, like, you know, like I remember my teacher being like, who thinks they could be president one day? And I was like, I could. And, you know, my friends were teasing me. And then later, like when I would speak up during like geography bees and be wrong, like getting teased for that. And like over time, that sort of led to like a muting effect where I just like didn't feel comfortable speaking in the classroom. And that effect carried through business school. Absolutely. And so courage can definitely be stifled. Um, I Have you read The Confidence Code by... No, it's on my left. Okay, I can get up. Yes. The next time I can visit. But anyway, it is, it is essentially this, the research around this, how we are socialized into a lack of confidence and courage because of what, because of what society believes is possible, because of the messages that we receive um, culturally, but also in, in, from our parents, from our friends, from our teachers. And so it's so interesting to think about the way that we like um, develop, socialize, and perpetuate courage. No, not just bad character aspects, but the, the positive ones as well. It's fascinating. That's, it's a really good book. Now, help me understand the difference, if you will or wish to, between confidence and courage. Ooh. Um, I love that I'm just picking your brain. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm like I don't, am I the right one to speak on? See, I lack confidence to speak on this. No, um, so I think of confidence as like, how you feel about your abilities. Yeah. So just like, am I, and maybe not just your abilities, also aspects of yourself. Yeah. Whereas I think courage is probably more like, how do I respond to external situations or internal like thought processes? Like, how do you respond? How do you tackle challenges? Yes. Do you believe that you can fake courage? I, I believe you can fake confidence. I think you can. I mean, I remember like feeling so overwhelmed with fear of failure on one of the campaigns I was working on. It was the most competitive Senate race in the country. And we were just like, we won, but we were getting our ass kicked every day. 
And I remember going to yoga early in the morning, like 6am, which is not my thing, but, um, and just like giving myself a pep talk, like be not afraid, be not afraid. Cause I was so like paralyzed with fear about losing or like not working hard enough each day to build the necessary blocks to, so yeah, I think sometimes you do just have to give yourself a courage pep talk. (laughs) I love that. Um, I have, uh, I have like a, you know, part of my cycle of courage is commitment, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I have a pledge, but it's better. It's it's a courage pep talk, right? Like that you yeah. you can say because you you just have to to feel it and and to and to be it, even if you don't believe it. Well, and also to be mindful about it. Like the example I gave earlier of like being sort of like having my impulse to speak up in the classroom, like tamp down, like later, um, someone who went to HBS, like said to me, like a big theme at HBS is like, grab your airtime. And so I use that like phrase now in my mind, like, okay, you're going into a meeting, like grab your airtime. And I like tell younger people and younger women, like, think about this, like force yourself to do it. So that's just like very intentional. Like I, know my impulse is to like be afraid and not speak up and that's an easy thing to do but like grab your airtime at least once today or whatever oh Kathleen that (laughs) because I even I was recently at a business conference and I was like I I I have a business called lives of courage and yet I didn't have the courage to go up to the microphone and I was like damn it I'm going to do this like You know, like this is, if I'm going to speak about courage, I have to be courage. I have to live courage. And so I was like, I can do this. Good. But it's like, I think a lot about how you inspire others to have courage. Well, it's telling them, grab your, it's like modeling for them, right? What other things do you think we can do to inspire courage? I mean, I think people, especially women, are, like, very, like, quick to pick out their own flaws. So I do think, like, sort of reflecting back to them, like, here are the things that I see you doing well. Like, here's how I see you. So they can then, like, build on that and start to see themselves that way. I think that's important. Um, Like, I also think, like, just straight up helping. Like, we, like... A lot of people will say, think like, I can't get that job. I can't, like, I don't even know how to go about getting this job. And like, you may know someone at that company or you may know like their system. Like, what do they want to see in a resume? What do they want to see in like an essay? Like whatever it is, sort of like giving people a boost because like, it's those little, th- I mean, people were so helpful when I was trying to get into business school. I came out of politics. Like we didn't have like a built-in like office, like helping people write essays that like met the criteria. Um, <laughs> And like, they didn't have to do that. And, but they did. And I think that's sometimes just tangible help is really valuable. It is. And it's ask, it's having the courage to ask for help too. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it, you know, it was really interesting. I, I was so afraid to post like the question, yeah. help me with this, this big goal. A, it's admitting that I want to speak and I might not get it. And all of this time and all of these kind people, you know, I don't want to let them down. But, you know, this is the drama and the stories that are going on in my head. Right. And so it was just like, I can do, I can do this. I can do this. And it's, it's speaking to yourself in ways that 
are supportive and that will get you where you need to go. Yeah. And just force your hand. Like, okay, like just post it and like see what happens. You have no idea. There's actually like a cool quote in this that's basically like, oh, I'm I'm not going to remember it exactly, but it's basically like, um, oh, it's, this is horrible. I should have like marked it, but basically I'll get you the actual quote quote later, but it's basically like the theme is like bouncing forward. And the idea is that we always think grief or like challenges are like, um, devastating to people, but oftentimes like they'll grow out of them and case in point. Um, but basically like the quote is something like bounce, like move myself forward. My future self will catch me or like throw yourself for like, and I think that's so powerful because it's true. Like just post the damn thing. And like, if no one responds, like no one responds. And like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. But like, it's, you'll figure it out in the future. Oh my gosh. I feel like drop your damn mic, Kathleen. <laughs> I'm just quoting this book. <laughs> it's like my original content. <laughs> but it's so, it's so true. And what I am so in awe of you is that you display courage in every way to me. Like uh, you are, you have always been that. And like, I've learned so much from you as we were young and now like you are amazing, damn it. And I'm so grateful to you for this time, but more importantly, like for your friendship and teach me what courage looks like. I mean, I feel exactly the same way. Like watching you like have children first, like watching you come back from London with like the rosiest outlook, even though you might not have like watching you this past year. So, um, you know, I think part like, yeah, I, I'm in awe of you. Obviously, I'm getting text messages saying, like, I need a cup of <laughs> Jessica Stong every morning. I'm like, I know. But, like, I do think all the laughter and, like, laughing our way through it has certainly helped. <laughs> Tremendously. But thank you, thank you, sweet friend. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. Let's see if I can. Okay, you guys see what I mean? She's incredible and just such an inspiring force of knowledge and expertise and also like support and hilarity. So there you are. I hope you enjoyed it. I also wanted to say if you two are ready to share your story of courage, please get in touch with me. Email me at hello at jessicastong.com or visit my website. Also, I am currently booking um, clarity calls or free coaching consults. And if that is of interest to you, if you're ready to step into your power, if you're ready to take back your life from fear and overwhelm, I am here and I have a plan to help you lead you in the right direction. So you can go to my website, jessicastong.com or email me and I will send you the link to sign up um, for that free hour long coaching consultation. Okay, I hope you have a wonderful and courageous week. Thank you so much.